Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. Hello to our fabulous audience. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Mavens of Marketing. I am 50% of your co-host. Wait, that's not the right word. I speak for a living, I promise. I'm 50% of your fabulous duo this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on when you're watching. The other half is the lovely and talented Rachel Durkin. How are you? Hello, hello, everyone. Yes, I was just on vacation, so I'm coming back well rested, but I also have no idea what's going on today. So people are like, Rachel, what do you think of this? I'm like, I have no idea. So as I was saying to Carrie, I had too many key lime pie martinis the last day of our trip, and I'm still trying to get it together. But by tomorrow, I will be in good shape. <laughs> tomorrow, she will be fully present, but you look fabulous. Thank you. Tell a lot me of <laughs> You got to we'll talk about today, makeup and lighting and your facial expressions and how to make yourself good, look good, even when you don't feel like it. The whole nine yards. You want to quickly introduce ourselves in case we have some audience members who may be joining us for the first time. Sure. I am Rachel Durkin. My company's Paradigm Marketing and Design. We are a web branding and marketing agency specializing in working with clients that have complex sales. So if you have a sales team or something that can't be bought online, but requires a conversation, we are the people to help you facilitate that process in order to expedite the sales process and shorten the sales cycle and increase the number of meetings your sales team is having. I absolutely love it. I don't know a lot of those words, but... (laughs) What I can tell you is that I help my clients expand their visibility and their credibility in the digital and traditional media landscape through the effective use, creation, and distribution of video content. And after all of that, our fabulous guest, Mark Atterbury, who is actually joining us in the daytime, despite what his background would suggest, from sunny and hot LA. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am, we are, we are so excited to talk to you because not only do you have lots of juicy tidbits, I'm hoping you can share about your celebrity clientele. I'm just using celebrity gossip, yeah. (laughs) But you are a, a photographer extraordinaire. You've worked with individuals, you've worked with large corporations, marketing, digital, et cetera. Why don't I stop talking and let you introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little about a bit about what you do and your area of expertise. Okay, I am Mark Atterbury. I, um, I'm known in LA as the marketing, the type and image expert. And what that technically means is I am an expert at helping actors to understand what types they are, how they're perceived by the public, What's unique about them and how do you turn that into a niche? How do you become the niche actor for this? So I am the guy who people turn to for that. I cut my teeth in the whole business with headshots. I was a headshot photographer and that got bigger and better and became LA's number one for a period of time. Did a lot of celebrities and then from that got into editorial, advertising and all of that. So again, helping people market themselves on all levels in the entertainment industry. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that second element because there's some people who may have listened and been like, well, I don't really understand how celebrity photographs are part of what I need to understand about my headshots as well. But the whole point of it is helping 
niche you into the audience that you want to be talking to. And that is applicable to a, a role on the silver screen. And it's applicable to a business and a networking or marketing opportunity as well. So when yeah. it comes to using a headshot and, and Rachel and I were discussing this a little bit at the, at the outset, we've seen some doozies. We've seen some professional headshots on websites and LinkedIn that are taken with this thing. Not that there's anything wrong with it, with the cell phone. I'm a big fan of it. I use it for a lot of video creation. A professional headshot is not what this should be used for. Would you agree? What are the mistakes people are making there and businesses? I do agree. I mean, I love the iPhone, in all honesty. It's one of the greatest cameras ever. And it does all the work for you inside, which is fantastic. But Yes, no, a, a, a great headshot should be an expression of who you really are and what you really represent. So, and you're right, it is no different, I think, for a corporation identity than it is for an actor. We're going way back to, you know, what the studios have done since the early 1900s is you create a niche around that person. They are a business themselves. It's, we know what a Jimmy Stewart film is. We know what a Dip Betty Davis film is. We know what a Harrison Ford film is. We know what a Meryl Streep film is. We've always worked on those levels. So your headshot has to be a very professional and accurate representation of exactly what it is you're selling. When I have a client and I'm, I'm going to, if, if he's listening, he's going to know who he's <laughs> going to know I'm talking about him. Um, but, but this particular person has a headshot on LinkedIn that is taken at a restaurant in poor lighting with one of the COVID plastic partitions <laughs> up behind him. That's very wrinkly and, and he sent it to me. He's like, this is a good one. I, I Can I use this? And I said, uh, no. Like, tell me in a professional way why he shouldn't be using that. Well, first and foremost, <laughs> to be very honest, because it's not professional. Mm -hmm. If you want to portray yourself as professional, you want to have it professionally shot. So I don't think people, re I don't think actors realize how much their headshots show. It's we, we have a fallacy of thinking, you know, this is just to show the cast and directors what I look like. It's not. It's to show three things, and this is true in the business world too. It's what's your look? How do you look? What are you, you know, what are you portraying in that level? Second of all, it's got to portray your personality. And third, it has to show that you are, you can act. You can connect to the camera, have something great going on behind the eyes that catches our attention. And I don't find it any different. I've shot a lot of corporate heads. I don't find it any different. Because the problem is, is a lot of professional photographers will go in there, set up their lights in their office, and they'll shoot the shot, and it'll be, even, you know, drop the chin, tilt to the left. Good. Hold that there. Little smile, little more smile. Great. Hold that in our little heads. We're like, like this, like this, okay. Like that. We have no personality, no anything going on behind it. But if you can bring your personality, you can bring that connection to the camera. You're connecting to the audience in that shot. You're connecting with your personality and who you really are. And you're representing the company. So I think there's a lot of things in there that can be said, volumes can be spoken through a great headshot about your company and who, it, who you are, what it represents in that single shot. So I find it hugely important. I, I love that you're saying it's kind of what's behind the eyes. I think that in marketing, they say the design experience influences decision-making 94% of the time. And photos have such an impact in the design experience. I mean, you said you were an ad guy, so you, I'm sure you're, you're, you agree, or, or you can tell me if you don't, but no, so my question is, how do you, translating that from, from an individual headshot and an actor to a company, 
How do you create headshots like team shots, for example, on your website, or even just action shots that you're going to put to create an emotion? How do you decide what that emotion is? Um, and how do you get it? I guess is the question. Yeah. I, it's not going to, it's going to be no different for an actor than it will be for a corporation. It's going to be less explore how you're perceived. I mean, branding is, branding is how people perceive you. So how do people perceive you? What is the essence that you as a person or you as a company emit? Mm -hmm. Then we're going to start thinking about, well, then what does that background look like that sort of hints it's that? Now we're on a subliminal level. Then more importantly, what are we going to do with your team? Is it going to be we're all very straight laced? We're all dressed very, very professional because that's what our corporation represents. Or is it we are a little bit more laid back? We've got a fun loving personality. Our company represents recreation, whatever it is. Then I'm going to get specific about your attitude and your eyes. What is your personality? How are we going to catch that of your team? What's your team's personality? Mm -hmm. So in a lot of little tricks that good photographers know how to do, I had a, I had a corporate head that um, we shot him and his team and he was just stoic, straightforward, would not get a smile, couldn't get anything out of his face. And it was literally doing this little thing of saying, okay, good. We got the shots we need, cameras off. Let me just kind of talk to you guys for a second. And I was snapping away. And all of a sudden he was loose and his personality came and he was with his arms around his, his team and we got a great shot, but I had to trick him because he had this, you know, mm -hmm. got to have the stoic smile thing, whatever. So we've got to get ways to bring out the personality in the shot as well. So, so what you're saying, you know, the question becomes, how do you implement and, and hear me out for a second. I always find that in marketing there, I, this is such an overused statement, but like there has to be a quarterback. What's the strategy? What's the brand? Who's the audience? How are we going to market? What's the, what's the vision? And then usually, at least in my experience and not rightfully so, the photographer is brought in as an afterthought. Oh, we need some images. And right. so now, you know, the great Mark is all the way across the country from where we are on the, on, you're on the West coast. And we don't have somebody who's got raw talent like you or the experience you have. How do you, what does that process look like? How do you find a good photographer? How do you bring someone in? What should they be collaborating with it with and who, and what should they be considering? Right. I was part of an ad agency at one point, and I think the best way it works is a conversation. So the problem is, is, is a lot of top photographers in the world have a very distinct style and a very distinct personality, mm -hmm. and they're going to kind of force that into your shot. And then on the flip side, you've got a lot of powerful men and women who are corporate heads they're going to bring their personality and their style. So we need to sit down and somehow bring that together in a simple conversation where you both kind of go, you know, I see this in you. And well, that's interesting because our company does portray this, but I also want you to get this, bring, bring this out of us. So it starts with that simple conversation. My biggest problem in advertising is there's generally too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many <laughs> high yeah. strict opinions of what they think it should all look like. Mm -hmm. So you've got to iron all of that out before the shoot happens. Otherwise, you've got a lot of tension and a lot of friction. And like you said, you end up with something that really doesn't say anything anyway. Mm -hmm. So it starts with that. That, that, that sit-down conversation of let's get the artists together with the, uh, the very business people and let's see what we can come up with together. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. And, and Rachel's really, she's like hones in on the corporate questions that I don't even think to answer and they or ask rather. And they make perfect sense when... You're thinking about a larger overall brand that may be applicable to, you know, a, a team of 20 or 50 or 100 or whatever it is. 
And then I, I always think from my smaller perspective, because I don't have Rachel's experience and it's okay. So if I'm talking to like an individual who is hiring a photographer for his or her website or whatever it is, like, listen, I spent 20 years on camera. I freaking hate getting my picture taken because I, I never feel like I showcase who I am to the best of my ability. Right. And I've had some, it doesn't have anything to do with the photographer, I'm pretty sure, because it's across the board. It's probably no, mostly, it's mostly up here. Yeah. But when you, when you talk about up here, you mentioned the candid shots. You've got a great picture of that guy as he was talking to his team and that was where the, the magic happened. Do you have tips for people who are getting their, their headshots taken or who are part of, even if it's for a, a, a corporate shoot, I guess, how do you release those elements in yourself that make a great photo or capture a great dynamic or energy or personality? What do you have to be thinking of? Maybe you should, should, should you be drunk? Should you have key <laughs> martinis? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't feel like that would end well. <laughs> what do you do? I'm catching a particular undertone in this conversation today. <laughs> I know how this one ends. It ends with martinis. <laughs> That's right. Ding, um, ding. <laughs> no, it's it's a great question because I think what separated me from the rest of the pack in terms of photographers and put me on top of the list is it's just it's honestly it's just fun. If you get people to relax and get to that place to where it's just fun, and I personally believe that does start with the photographer. I always felt it was my onus to kind of relax everybody, get people comfortable. It's just like you know I'm not I'm not going to be on people's case. This is a very relaxed situation. We're just going to have a good time with this. We'll get something. I promise. You know, that kind of feeling. I think it always starts right there. And I'll be honest. I, I, I think in my entire career, I shot maybe one actress who loved getting her picture taken from start to finish. I mean, it was just like the greatest time ever. There's too much pressure. There's too much pressure on a headshot. We feel it's like if it doesn't, if it doesn't say volumes, then we're never going to get hired and people are going to hate us. And, you know, there's just so much pressure, I think, on any photo. So it's got to start with that kind of let's just have a good time and relax place. I think my problem is I just don't like my face in photography. <laughs> I don't know about you. you know what? You're in great company. It's all of us. All of us. I, mean, I, I, I don't want to mention her name. I shot a very, very, very famous uh, model, supermodel. And I, I went into the dressing room at one point and she was looking in the mirror and she was like crying. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I just hate my face. I'm like, <laughs> you're what hope, what hope do the rest of us have? Yeah, we're we're all, all the rest screwed. of us are all totally screwed. Well, and that's my, that's my point. We're all in great company. And I think once we realize that, you just kind of go, you know what? We're all that way. Whatever. Well, it's the same thing when you're watching yourself on camera. Like we have to review these podcasts and make sure they look okay. And it's like the one thing I hate the most is looking at myself. Oh, I know. So in the mirror, I like it. So, so let me ask you this question, a question, Mark. So you said earlier that you've created this reputation for yourself where you are the guy to go to. First, you were the guy to go to for headshots. Then you were the guy to go to for kind of getting that personality out in the photos. How did you get there? How did you carve this career for yourself? What's your secret? Um, it did start with, I, I'm an actor first and foremost. I still, I still make a living as an actor. So actually right now I'm shooting at a show. So it's... Um, it started with that. And then once I became a photographer, I started going, oh, well, now I see what people are doing on the other side of the camera. 
And now that I, because I have that mentality, I understand what it's like to be in front of that camera. I started to bring that. And like I said, letting people have fun, loosening people up. That was a big part of the process. Second thing is I made it very specific. We talked about things in their own life and who are you? And, you know, tell me about your upbringing and, and specifically some stories. And oh, we could tap into that in the shot. This is you talking to your grandmother saying that one in the moment, grandma, I adore you. You know I mean? We can get some specifics. So, and that started that whole process. And then I got to know the agencies in town and the agencies told me what works and what doesn't. So I began to see how marketing works for actors. And then buying into the ad agency, I studied marketing and watched that process on a much bigger picture. And I saw how that's applicable to actors as well. And then once I started the speaking circuit, it's just, I became kind of the guy. So to this day, I do consultations nonstop, you know, with actors about this. That's great. So it's really, it's, it's because you've been able to see every angle that you are able to pull out what you need to pull out, it sounds like. I think so. And I think, under, and I do think this is applicable to businesses too, understanding what your customers feel as well as what you feel as the business owner. If you can get both sides, you start to get the, that synergy and that good feeling about, oh, this is what we should be saying. Yeah. This is what they feel. This is what they want. This is what I feel, what I want. And I see where it meets in the middle. And, and this is, you know, what's interesting is it's in this podcast over and over again, I've heard about the importance of authenticity. That's like everybody's actually the word oh, authenticity, yeah. like people are like, yeah, stop saying it, Rachel. It's very irritating, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But what's really interesting and, uh, you know, tying back to what you said about looking at it from every angle in marketing, the first thing I look at, no matter what is who is your target audience. But yeah. before you even do that, like take out the marketing piece, you need to understand your values as a company and who you want to attract and why. And be because of that authenticity, if your audience want, you have a target audience and they want something, right. and then you ask the people in the company to believe in it, that's going to come out in the photos that are taken. And that, that whether it's, whether it's ads or whether it's on the website or whether it's personal headshots, that sense of almost what I'm hearing from you is you need to be kind of values first so that it all ties together because faking it, I guess if you're an actor, you could be really good at it. But generally in business, I think faking it doesn't really work. I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, it, and it doesn't work in acting either, to be very honest with you. So I 100% agree. I think everything starts with authenticity because it's the approach that a lot of people take to acting. And I'm sure it's true in the business world too. It's just like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you when I, was a kid, I watched James Bond was my, I have to be James Bond. I want to be James Bond. You know, that was, I'll probably never be James Bond. I'm not that type, but I had to sit and go, well, then how do I fit into this business? And how do I get comfortable with that? And that all does start with authenticity. Well, if that's true, if people are going to perceive me as this way, what do I have inside me that I can bring to that? You know, how do I relate to that on a personal level? How do I relate to that on an emotional level? how to relate to that physically, the things that the people seeing. I mean, all of that, what clothes can I wear? You know, any of that stuff, it, it all comes together to kind of make a single emotion. And it's gotta come from an authentic place. It just has to. Mm -hmm. The camera's brutal. I mean, I, I can tell you the camera, it, it sees the soul. And we know when we're watching an actor that's just kind of mouthing the words and trying to portray an emotion or someone that's authentically going through some deep emotions and things. Right. And I think that's true in the business world too. They found a way to connect with whatever it is. I was actually having a conversation with a client of mine last week about this very thing. And I, I, was, I was trying to talk to him about the use of his voice in his videos. And I said, you need to, you need to deploy a term that they use in the acting world, which is beats, right? 
that it's the process of the emotion changing as you're in the middle of a sentence or a thought and you're moving on to the next thing. And that it has to be highlighted in the way that you're spitting the words out. If it doesn't change, if there's no pause, if there's no change in inflection or pitch or tone, the, the, the change that you're going through, the audience is, is, audience is not going to pick up on, right? And it's sort of the same thing. You've got to find an element of something you can relate to in order to come across as authentic, even if you haven't officially or realistically been in that particular experience. Yeah. I, I um, you know, you mentioned that the challenges and Rachel and I both immediately felt them with being, you know, on camera and having your picture taken. And I always call the camera a cruel mistress. And I don't know why I have female gendered her, but I have. <laughs> it's probably some internalized misogyny on my part. <laughs> That's an episode uh, for another day. My point is, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making, whether it's a business or an individual throughout this process? And it could be, you know, um, yeah, not showing up ready or, you know, not understanding their audience, or it could be not hiring the right photographer. What are those top three mistakes you see in the process that people make on a regular basis? Um, I, I actually think the biggest one is what Rachel said, authenticity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's to be very technical, actors will come in with pre-rehearsed lines to be set a pre-rehearsed way and they're planning on this, but all great stuff is about chemistry, I think. In the business world too, that relationship, the chemistry between you and your clients, it's no different for all that, how I relate to the actor opposite me, how I relate to the audience, that chemistry is the most important thing no matter what. That's why we're entertainers. We can relate to that chemistry and deliver through that chemistry. Authenticity, I think, is the number one thing. If you come in with those pre-rehearsed lines, those pre-rehearsed whatever, it's just gonna feel that way. It's like, it's like a salesman that comes in with a pitch that's set off a piece of paper that they read a thousand times. We want someone to authentically relate to us. So, and it's no different in shots too, that authenticity in a headshot, that connection, that it's coming from a place of love or happiness or joy, or I just love my product. I love who I am. I love whatever. I love relating and giving it to you. That's where it starts. Um, that's, I think the biggest problem. And the second thing you actually said it is that lack of preparation. Yeah. I I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a headshot session where I was prepared, my studio was set up, everything's ready to go. And they showed up, you know, 30 minutes late and they were drunk pretty badly the night before. And was and it not Rachel? Was it Rachel? I'm sorry, you're never gonna live that down, Mark. <laughs> I told you I wouldn't name names, but uh, one time. I don't mind hinting. <laughs> so yeah, but it's it total lack of preparation or we see it on sets too all the time where you know sometimes even celebrities will do it they walk in they don't know their lines we're like oh geez we're going to sit here and work through this for hours wasting a ton of time before we yeah. finally get something let me let me ask you what i think and i actually have a, a little comment and then a quick follow-up i think if you made a good decision with a photographer it's so important to trust them i've done a million headshots business-wise and and back in my previous life as a news anchor. And it all if you're not familiar with it, it feels freaking weird. Like lean this way, then tilt your head that way. Okay, keep the smile casual. Don't rest so hard on the table because you're giving your, you know, right. you're showcasing your under chin waddle. Like there's so many things and you can 
you can feel a little bit foolish. Like I, again, I spent a lifetime in front of the camera and I still felt foolish in those sessions because I feel like I was a contortionist. If you trust your photographer and you've made a good decision, trust that they know what they're doing. And there's nothing that you can possibly do in front of them that they will not have seen before, right? You have to trust them in the process. And I'm just saying that from a very granular level. You can feel very foolish if you haven't gone through it. And I think people start to feel like shame or anxiety and it clenches them up. And then all of that stuff that makes them unique and the emotion and the authenticity dries up because they're so focused on how they feel. They're all up here, right? They're all up in their head. The, the question I have for you after that lengthy <laughs> comment, and I assured you it would be short and it was not, is top three tips for showing up to a headshot, you know, is clothing, color, attire? Should you have your hair and makeup done? What are those three things that people need to have ready to go, corporate or individual, when they are getting ready to be in front of the lens? Yeah, it's um, all great shots, no matter what, are about the eyes. Your eyes are going to say more than anything else, bar none. So you want to be able to express through your eyes everything, who you are. Like I said before, what are we portraying here? What's your personality? And can you really connect what's your chemistry to the audience uh, that you're, you're speaking to? All of those things have to be able to come through. That said, there's some technical things I can tell you that work really well on camera to draw the attention to your eyes. Um, Color-wise, it's always good to go with dual tones. So that is the dark reds, dark blues, dark greens, dark purples, dark browns, blacks, grays. Those dual tones, those richer dual tones will always draw the attention to your eyes. Um, lighter colors will start to draw the attention to the colors themselves on the clothes. Again, I'm one who believes in let's get everything to go to your eyes because we're going to say more through your eyes than we will through your clothes. So that's technically what I, I would say to do. The other thing too is go prepared uh, as you were saying that, that yes, the photographers chances are are not great at bringing out personalities. Most are not trained that way in their own training. So it is our responsibility too to still bring what we want to say through this shot. We want to say our personality is this. We want to say I, my beliefs are this. My passions are this. Um, passions, I think, is the number one thing people forget on every level. Like, what in the world is unique about you? What are your passions in life? You can easily bring that to a session, a headshot session or a corporate shoot session. You know, what are the things you really, really are passionate about? You can easily say that by plugging into that during your session. It's like, I understand the photographer's tilting me and leaning me forward and doing this and that but I still want to say this to the camera lens. I still want to talk to someone right beyond that lens. My customer, my favorite person that I love dealing with on a sales level, whatever that is, I would bring a little bit of that homework too. What do I really want to say? So that's, those are the overall ones I would say for prep. That's, and, and I, I can't stress this enough. And I said this before we started shooting. I have a family member, I won't say because I want the company to get back to me, that I was making fun of them today because I saw their LinkedIn headshot and I was like, you look ridiculous. <laughs> and this is a fortune, like this is a huge publicly traded company. As a marketer, it is so important that the first thing we do when we onboard someone in my company is we update their headshot, how they're, how they're, how they look on, you know, in their, in the different photos we're taking of them. And we get them updated on the website and we get them updated on all their social profiles. And it kind of blows my mind when these large companies are letting these client facing employees have these crazy low budget, half-assed headshots. So just my, my 
appeal to everyone would be make that a priority to your onboarding process, because I think it says a lot about who you are as a company and, and how your employees represent themselves online. I don't know if you would agree with that. I agree 100%. Yeah. I always laugh when I go by all those bus stop uh, seats that have the real estate ads on it. Mm -hmm. And you've got the, you know, giant smile thing. It's just like, what in the world? Especially if you're going to be on a, on the real estate ad, then you should put a little money behind it. So, so Mark, we're coming up on time. Um, we always ask every one of our audiences this final question, which is what is the weirdest thing or things that's ever happened to you? It's really, we were talking before, it's to ask an artist that because artists are risk takers anyway. I just got a ton of crazy things that happen. Um, Wow, what is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me? Huh. I'm almost tempted to bring my wife into the room and ask her. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, let, let me be honest. I, I think it's, it's, I think it's falling into the career I'm in. You know, I did not go to school for acting and any of this stuff. I had no intention whatsoever of falling into, you know, I was the, I was the, the, I was a high scorer academically. I got scholarships. You know, I, I got into great schools and was expected to go on to these things. I was into chemistry at first, so that's what I was pursuing. And I mean, out of nowhere, I just got hooked up with music and then I got hooked up with acting. And next thing I know, I'm working opposite celebrities and playing with crazy people and doing crazy things. So I think it, it's probably a letdown for you guys that have heard some weird stories, but I am shocked that I'm where I'm at. I mean, we go to our high school reunions and people are like, how did you end up on TV? Like, <laughs> totally a left turn there. I don't know. I mean, it, it's sort of like out of nowhere happened. Yeah. It was not a plan for me, but I love it. I mean, I, I, uh, I just love what I do. And I don't know a lot of people can say that. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Most people are like, are, their whole dream is to get into acting and you just fell into it accidentally. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Here's, here's, here's my way to say, I guess that is all culminated in, um, I worked, I worked with Jane Fonda a couple of times now. I've got to work with her. But just standing three feet away from Jane Fonda. Okay, I'm going to be really weird. You guys want really weird? It was like, first of all, like, I can't believe I'm at a place in my life where I'm opposite Jane Fonda. I'm literally saying lines on camera with Jane Fonda. And then all of a sudden it went to, she's 79 years old. She's hot. I'm attracted to a 79-year-old woman. I mean, all of these thoughts are going through my head. As I'm sitting, and it's like, look at her eyes. She's got the most beautiful eyes, and she's in the greatest shape ever. How is it? I mean, all of these things are going through my head as I'm literally saying lines opposite this person. So, <laughs> did you say any? Of, did any of it come out out loud? Did you? Did you make any of those uh, words that actually other people heard? I said a couple of weird things. Yes, <laughs> they did. And you know what? And wow, you're really hot for for being so old. That would have been perfect. Well. It, <laughs> It, 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 Every woman wants to hear that. <laughs> well, and ironically, uh, uh, one of my closest friends here in town got to do a scene in her in, with Grace and Frankie, which is one of the shows I was on as well, where he made out with her and he's in his mid thirties. And I'm like, I can't, that, ah, uh, I'm good. All right, Mark, on that note, tell on our audience note, where they can find you. Um, the, if anyone's interested, it's beaworkingactor.com is my website. I do consultations nonstop. So if, if anyone is interested in really understanding also, I mean, this is the same stuff I do with actors of how do people perceive me? What in the world is unique about me? What categories do I fit into? What do I do with that information? How would I market that? I don't do this for just actors, although I'm that's my focus. But I do this with corporate stuff as well. It's all there on the consultation sheet, but it's beaworkingactor.com. 
And don't say if anybody's interested in actually finding out. That's why we brought you here because we oh, is that right? In actually finding out, right? And we are very smart individuals, Mark. I would yes, just you like are. To point out, <laughs> and we know good quality product and people when we see that. So, uh, beaworkingactor.com, Mark. As always, we've had a couple of conversations in the past. It is lovely to talk to you. I learn something every time I do. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. It's lovely to talk to you both. Absolutely. And for our audience, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Mavens of Marketing. We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. It's a teaser. Did you know that the online education industry is a $365 billion annual industry? Do you have a course in you? You may and not even realize it. And if you do, what are the first things you need to do to build and market that course? We're jumping into all of that with a course marketer extraordinaire, Destiny Berman, on the next episode of The Mavens of Marketing.